Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast show, Life with Tina. I am your host, and I am super excited to sit down and chat with you guys today. I've had some of you reach out and just tell me that you're really enjoying the podcast, and I'm really happy to hear that. And also express to me that you wish I could carve out a little bit more time to record more often. And that is one thing that has been on my mind probably since I started the podcast. So along with doing my real estate business, homeschooling Parker, life in general, the YouTube channel, that stuff is very time consuming and does take a lot from me. Um, But the podcast was something that was kind of a passion of mine, somewhere where I really could just, you know, share with you guys, speak with you on a very raw, real level about things that happen in life. So um, it's important to me to make time for this. So I'm going to try to commit to being a little bit more, uh, I guess you would call consistent with my uploads. I'm very consistent with my uploads over on the YouTube channel, but I have a much bigger audience, obviously, on the YouTube channel uh, than I do here on the podcast, but I do desire to have the podcast grow. So that's my goal. I can't make any promises right now because as you guys know, we have a lot of big changes coming up very soon. So with that being said, let's jump into this episode. My name is Tina. I'm the host of this podcast show and also the creator of the YouTube channel, Home Free Alaska, where we share from scratch recipes, homeschool life inspiration, and our homesteading journey with you. This podcast is a spinoff of our channel, a behind the scenes look into our life on the homestead. Raw and unfiltered, I share my thoughts on motherhood, marriage, our culture, and our spiritual pursuit as believers. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get on with today's show. All right, so if you guys don't mind, I think today I'm just gonna chit chat with you guys. Like if we were sitting across my kitchen table having a delicious cup of coffee, um, just chat about some things. So first and foremost, I think is the fact that we have finally hit the under 90 day mark before we head up to Alaska. Oh my goodness, you guys. I feel like it's taken forever to get here. It's like when you're waiting to go to Disneyland when you're a kid. Well, I wouldn't go to Disneyland now. That's not a good example. (laughs) Disneyland is completely woke. I will not take my children to a place like that and support that kind of crap. But anyway, that's a whole nother episode. So yeah, we have, I think we're at like 83 days until we leave for Alaska. Joe has his retirement countdown going on his phone. So every day he yells out to me and Parker, 85 more days, 84 more days or whatever it is. So somebody's excited. I mean, yeah, this has been 20 years of him serving in the military. Uh, Army first and you guys know Uh, Coast Guard now. So that's very exciting. We are still just in limbo, kind of waiting with this whole religious exemption to the vaccine mandate. Um, You guys know they denied his request for religious exemption and they also denied the appeal that we submitted for that. But um, it's kind of crazy. That was almost two months ago that they denied his appeal that we submitted and we've heard nothing. Like they sent the email saying you've been denied, um, but uh, that's that's been it. Nothing further as far as like we're discharging you, um, none of that. And you guys know we are just mere months from Joe retiring from 20 years of service. So that's been um, 
of course, it's been a big thing on our mind, but it's kind of crazy, you guys, because I, I have just been at peace with it for some reason. And Joe has too, I think. I just, I know that we are relying and leaning on the Lord to take care of our family. And so um, he always has. And I think that we just know whether we get to retire or not, no matter what happens with this whole debacle with this vaccine mandate in the military, God's got us. So we don't rely on the government uh, to take care of us or to feed us or anything. We rely on God. And that's what scripture says we're supposed to do. So I think that's where we're drawing some of that peace and comfort from, even though we technically are still waiting and don't really know. Uh, it's kind of strange because they are still processing Joe for retirement. All his retirement paperwork is completed. They're working on his, his orders right now, which is what we need to be able to book our ferry tickets to Alaska, ship my vehicle, we're shipping my car, and all the things that come with, you know, either... PCSing or separating from service, but they're working on all of that. They're even writing up an award for Joe, which is so ironic, right? Like he is a danger to society because he's not vaccinated and he's this horrible member that's disobeying a direct order uh, and could be subject to the UCMJ article 90, whatever, and, you know, court-martialed and kicked out and all this stuff, but they're in the process of writing him an award. <laughs> so it's just such a Oh, a contradiction, you guys. I saw, I have a group that I follow of uh, fellow Coast Guard members that are going through the same thing. And this guy posted the other day that he was part of the Coast Guard crew that saved many people off of a cliff somewhere in the ocean. Like in this picture and video that I saw, it looked like there had to have been like 15 to 20 people stranded on this like jaggedy, steep incline of a cliff and of course the coast guard was called in and they saved all of these people well because of that this guy and others got an award for what they did they were called heroes right um so his post basically was that his commander called him into his office and said we have this award for you um for what you did unfortunately though we're not going to give it to you because of your vaccination status he said I'll read it to you. Do you want me to read the award to you? But we're not going to present it to you. And the guy basically, in so many words, basically said, shove it. You can keep your award. Um, he looked at his commander and said, I wonder if any of those 19, 20, however many people it was that he saved that day. He said, I wonder if any of those people gave a damn about my vaccination status. Boom. Like, can we just get back to like logic here? Those people don't care if that man is vaccinated for COVID or not. They just knew that he saved their lives. <laughs> so it, when I read his post, it really just struck a chord for me. And it gave me goosebumps from head to toe when I read it. And he was like, a year ago, I was a hero. And now I'm a threat to society and I am being threatened to be kicked out of my military service because I won't get an experimental vaccine. It is horrendous what the government and the military branches are doing to their members. It's really sad. So when I tell you guys I cannot wait to be done with the military and Joe can't either, that's what I mean. Like that is not the same military that we joined 20 years ago. That's for sure. It's completely woke. It's all about inclusivity and, you know, 
uh, equity and all the LGBTQ acceptance and all the things. And um, it's just, you know, it's kind of right in line with the public school system, right? All about indoctrination. And if you don't follow that agenda, then you're gonna you're gonna be canceled basically. But I think we're all experiencing a little bit of that. But uh, that's where we're at. We are um, starting to kind of look at our to do list of things that we have to do before heading up to Alaska. We just picked up the camper shell that we purchased for our truck, our F one fifty, because our dogs, the pets, are gonna be living in the back of the truck area, like the camper shell area when we drive across country and also when we're on the ferry ride. And Joe's kind of busy at work finalizing his retirement paperwork, just all the things. And today I actually sat down and made a bunch of phone calls because I wanted to get Parker and I in for uh, another dental checkup before we head up to Alaska. You know, we're gonna have to find new doctors and all that once we get there and get settled. But I just wanted to make sure before we head out that all is well. So I made dental appointments. I made an eye appointment for me because I wear contacts. I've worn contacts for years and I wanna make sure that my prescription is good and I've got a, a big um, uh, stock of contacts to take up to Alaska with me before I find a new eye doctor up there. So. So much has gone on and the summer is flying by so fast already. We moved my grandfather, my nampa, over to California. Uh, I have a YouTube video on that. You guys probably know he lived with us for five years here in Virginia um, and was supposed to be going to Alaska but decided last minute he wanted to move back to California because he got a job offer. So. That was interesting, a lot of emotions behind that. I actually did a couple YouTube videos on my thought process um, as far as my grandfather. He is 89 years old and I have power of attorney for him for everything, medical, financial. I pay his bills for him out of his account um, and I still continue to do that for him from Virginia. But uh, you know, at the same time, he's healthy as a horse, still competent. Um, for the most part, right? And I can't tell a grown man what to do. I can't tell him, I don't really think you should go to California. Even though I did try to talk with him, he had his heart set on it. So all Joe and I could do at that point was really support him and try to like make sure he was set up for success over there in California. Uh, there's a part of me that still kind of hopes he changes his mind and decides once we're up in Alaska that he would like to join us there because I feel like I can have better control over managing things for him and also be a better advocate for him if I'm physically with him versus states away. So that's been a point of anxiety for me. Um, just this human that I love and I have loved since I was a little girl that I've taken care of now for five years is now all the way in California. Um, and you guys know our daughter Lexi, that's 20, she moved to California less than a year ago. So it's kind of two very significant losses for us uh, in one year. And it's really hard because we're so far away. And for the life of me, I don't know why they chose California. <laughs> I was born and raised in California. And California right now is one of the most woke liberal states there is. Um, their laws are ridiculous. Um, but that's where they decided to move. So we support them and love them. But meanwhile, we are still sitting here in this apartment in Virginia temporarily until we leave. Um, and that's gotten interesting, you guys. Like, oh my gosh, I, um, I don't really know how to put it. Other than the fact that my 
patience with certain things is is wearing thin. And I think it is for Joe too. We are used to living in the country. We've always lived like in suburb type areas, but the last six or seven years when we built the first farm up here in Virginia, we lived in the country. Like we, we had neighbors we could see from like a distance, right? But we had our privacy, we had our space, uh, people left us alone, and you really, really get used to that. Um, I'm definitely more introverted as I've gotten older. Like the old Tina back in the early 20s, mid 20s, I was the social butterfly. Um, young in the military, we did a lot of drinking, partying, barbecues, you know, all the things. And I, if there was something going on, I wanted to be a part of it. And um, crowds didn't bother me. Meeting new people didn't bother me. And now, y'all, I am like completely the opposite. I'm completely introverted. Um, I just like being home. I really like being home. And of course, we do do things, right? Like we, um, because summer is now in session, we meet with our homeschool friends every Monday at the park for what we call park day. And it's basically from nine to noon, all the moms hang out, we get to catch up with each other, the kids get to play. But after that, I am zapped. Like emotionally, I'm zapped for people. Um, if I need something from the grocery store, I'm in and out. Like I am not trying to do anything that involves a lot of people. You guys know we just had 4th of July and Parker was like, where are we going to watch the fireworks? And all of a sudden, like my armpits start sweating and I'm like, why we got to go anywhere? <laughs> I don't need to go anywhere. So luckily the city did fireworks very close to the apartments that we live in. And we were actually able to watch the entire fireworks show from our parking lot in front of our apartment. So I didn't have to go out and be around the crowds. And I was so grateful. And, and honestly, you guys, look at the 4th of July parade shooter in Illinois. I mean, what is going on? Seriously, what is going on with people? You can't even take your family to church nowadays. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't send your kid to school. You can't go to a 4th of July parade. You can't even go to the mall. The mall, our local mall here in Virginia, where we live, has been, had several shootings in the last couple years. Um, so it's, it's kind of to that point where it's like, you don't want to live your life in fear. Um, and, and a lot of people, I think they have like, in my opinion, it's like this misunderstanding, like, oh, the Lord says you shouldn't live in fear. I get that. But the Lord also doesn't expect us to put ourselves in harm's way, right? Like you shouldn't be afraid of vehicles, but you wouldn't go stand in the middle of a freeway. That That's kind of like my thought process on it. So with the state of our culture that we're living in, which is quickly going down the toilet, as you guys know, I do not feel the need to put myself and the people I love the most on this planet in harm's way just to go see float parades and fireworks and stuff in person. I'm kind of just over that right now for the time being um, because it's dangerous. That is the reality of the world that we're living in. You've got these psychos that are like, oh yeah, there's people out there with their kids enjoying the 4th of July parade. Let's go shoot them up. <laughs> like what is wrong with these people? And then did you guys see the guy that did it? This kid was like young, early 20s, just looked like a total psycho, total pew pew. That's what me and Lexi call them, pew pews. I mean, I hate to say like you look at somebody and stereotype them, but almost all of these active shooters 
um, the school shootings, like you look at these kids that are doing this and you can look at them and go, yeah, he doesn't look right. Something don't look right about that. So anyway, that's just my opinion. But here in the apartment, for the most part, we have a really good group of neighbors, especially like in our building. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, I've met several of them. One of them, I just love to death. Every time she comes by the balcony and we catch each other, we've actually sat and talked for like two hours at a time. She's like my sister from another mista. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just a blessing. Just the sweetest person ever and like-minded, which is always really nice. But then we have a little bit of riffraff going on. You know what I'm saying? We've got uh, one of the people that works here in our apartment, um, kind of like as a maintenance person, they have people in and out of their apartment all hours of the day, all hours of the night that do not even live here in the apartment complex. And I will tell you guys, they are completely disrespectful, not courteous, ghetto as ghetto can be. And when I say ghetto, I'm not talking about a skin color because you can be ghetto white, you can be ghetto black, you can be ghetto brown. The skin color doesn't matter. These people are freaking ghetto. And I'm like, my bedroom window faces the parking lot. So they're in and out all hours of the night. Like I have them on my ring doorbell, one, two, 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, do y'all ever sleep? Like, do you have a job? Because I'm confused. Like most people, like you gotta sleep at some point. They're running around, they're using the pool, which is supposed to be for residents only. You're allowed to have up to two guests, but if you go over there after hours when the office is closed, it looks like MTV up in there. I mean, it is just ghetto fest. They trash the place, they have no respect, and it's, it's, uh, it's very quickly wearing thin on my nerves. My personality, you guys, um, I do not like people that think they don't have to follow the rules when everybody else does. That's one of the reasons I got out of the military. I don't like favoritism. I don't like people that think they're special. And I'll tell you what, this whole concept of white privilege is a bunch of crap. Because these people walk around here all day and all night acting like they don't have to listen to any of the rules when the rest of us do. What is up with that? Because I'm definitely not privileged. <laughs> you guys have heard me talk about where I came from, how I grew up. So it makes me crazy. Um, the people that are screaming white privilege the most are the very ones that get all the special treatment. And it really freaking irks my nerves, if I'm being honest with you guys. And I've always been the type of person, and I know I get this from my mama, but I have to say something. Um, I've already talked to management about it. Management's not doing anything about it. That's the kind of place we're living in where there's rules, but they're not enforced. So if they're not enforced, then why the heck would anybody follow them, right? So uh, the people that this um, uh, resident has in and out of her apartment all day and all night, every single day of the week, have been trashing the place. When they come over here and they're out front, they throw their trash on the ground. They don't, it's awful. They're trashing the place and they don't care. Why would they? They don't live here. Mind you, our apartment faces the parking lot. So we're not on the third floor and the fourth floor. We're on the first floor. So we hear and we see everything. So the other night, story time. <laughs> the other night, Joe was sitting on the balcony. And you guys know, if you're watching the YouTube channel, we have a massive 
balcony garden. It looks like a jungle. It's absolutely beautiful. It's just what I needed to get me through this summer before we head up to Alaska to kind of keep my mind busy. Um, but when you're sitting on the balcony, people can't see you. That's how big our garden is, especially at night. No one would ever know you're out there. So Joe's sitting on the balcony and all these people are congregating out front, loud, cussing, music blasting, whatever, like they do every day. And one of the guys that we consistently see here that does not live here, that throws his garbage on the ground and trashes the place, throws a soda can on the ground. Joe sees this. He, he watches him do this, right? You guys know, a lot of you are friends and family. You know Joe's a quiet dude. But Joe does not like it when people act like idiots or when people cross him. And to Joe and me, it feels very offensive that we pay out the you-know-what for rent for these apartments. They're supposed to be kind of more of an uppity, uppity apartment complex. And then we have these people coming in here trashing the place. It's starting to really get old. So after they left, they went into the apartment where they party all the time. Joe went out there and picked up this soda can and goes over to the apartment where all these people go. And as he's going up to the apartment with the trash, the lady, the resident, happens to be coming out because she was going to be going to her vehicle. She comes out right as Joe is walking up to her apartment. And so Joe says, oh, hey, I'm just returning your trash to you. <laughs> you guys. Mind you, when Joe went out to pick up the can, I was like, oh, hell, Joe's going to start some stuff. Like, we only got three more months, Joe. Come on, we can do it. I'm trying to keep you out of jail. But when he went out there to pick up the trash, I knew in that moment Joe had had enough. Like, it just, it was just enough for him. So when he didn't come right back into our apartment, I was like, oh, my gosh, I think he probably went to their apartment. So he goes to this apartment. They're coming out. He says, I'm returning your trash to you. And he said within five seconds, there was 10 or 15 of these people at the door, like, ready to fight him. The guy that threw the trash away or threw the trash on the ground right in front of our apartment looks at Joe. And no kidding, the first thing out of his mouth is, it's because I'm black, huh? It's because I'm black, huh? And Joe's like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> like, are we really going to make this about the color of your skin? This has to do with the fact that you are an inconsiderate slob. Pick up your trash. So he's puffing up, coming at Joe. The, the big ladies are holding this guy back in the apartment. He's trying to fight Joe. The guy grabs the soda can, throws the soda can in front of our apartment. The lady that lives here, that works here, picks up the can, is trying to like calm down the situation. You know, she doesn't want to quote unquote lose her job, which is ironic because this is a great way to lose your job when you've got riffraff in and out of your house all day, uh, disturbing paying residents, right? So Joe comes back in the house and I'm just like, it's such a fine line, you guys, because you have to stand up for what's right. And you have to stand up for your property, just like you would if you owned a home and someone was frequently coming onto your property, trashing the place. That's how Joe views this. Like we go out there and there's garbage everywhere, cigarettes, soda cans, entire fast food bags. When they're done eating, they just put it right in the parking spot. And there's trash cans. 
They can throw them in the trash cans and they don't care. So I'm just like, oh Lord, please let us make it through the summer without Joe being arrested. And my biggest concern, you guys, I grew up with a single mom that raised us four kids on her own. And my mom was an alcoholic. My mom was a major alcoholic my entire childhood. She'll tell you that. I don't know how she did it. She was shorter than me, not even five foot, and she would drink a fifth of Seagram's every day. But she was a functioning alcoholic, right? She cooked us dinner. We always had clean clothes. We always had a roof over our head. I don't know how the woman did it, but she did it, and she did it drunk. The other problem, though, the flip side of that, she had, um, she thought she was bulletproof when she was drunk, right? So there were many situations that I can remember when I was a kid where my mom got in fights with our neighbors and had altercations. A lot of the time we lived in, we lived in very ghetto places, trailer parks, apartment complexes, because my mom couldn't afford um, hardly to put food in the fridge, let alone to live in a decent, safe place. So the caliber of people that we were dealing with in these places where we grew up was not, uh, it was just not up to par. You know what I'm saying? Like just total ghetto thug life, lack of concern for anyone but themselves. And so I can just recall many times that my mom got into physical altercations with people. She was always right. It was always her trying to stand up for what was right or stand up for her kids and people were wronging us. Um, But for me, I, I swear, I have a little bit of PTSD from the way I was raised. Um, I'll give you one example. So I was out in the apartment complex when I was a kid. I was maybe 11 or 12. And my friend, they were from Russia. I used to play with these these, uh, boys. You know, we were young. Um, They were my friends. They were from Russia. And there was another group of kids that in the apartment that used to always make fun of them because of their Russian accents, right? Well, one day we were out playing and this turned into a fight. My friend ended up getting jumped by these kids. Like they kicked his face in. I ran as fast as I could to my mom. I ran home and I was like, so-and-so is getting beat up. I don't remember his name now, but he was getting tore up by this group of kids. It was it was like five to six kids on one. So my mom goes over there and she's like, screaming at him. She's like, who's your mom? Where do you live? And she's yelling at these kids that jumped my friend. And the kids took her over to their parents. Y'all, I walk over with my mom. We turn the corner of one of the apartment buildings and the staircase is full of about 19 to 20 black ladies. Okay, and I'm just painting the picture. I don't want people to be like, why you got to call them black? Because they were black. When people talk about me, they describe me as a white woman. Okay, (laughs) it's not a bad thing. I'm just describing and I am painting the picture for you. She turns the corner. The staircase is full of these women smoking weed, drinking, music's blasting. They're braiding each other's hair. I mean, it looked like something straight out of the movie Friday. My mom did not care a hoot. She came around that corner and she said, Who's so-and-so's mom? And this humongous, not just weight-wise, but tall-wise woman stood up from the stairwell and said, I am, why? And my mom proceeded to tell her, you need to get your son. He's out of control. Like started telling him that he just beat up this kid, five to six kids on one. You guys, with a snap of the finger, 
within seconds of this confrontation, that staircase full of women jumped on my mom, shoved her up against this brick wall, and you couldn't even see my mother. And I'm not exaggerating. This is so vivid in my mind. Like the dust was kicking up. They were kicking her, punching her. They were screaming. And I just panicked. I kicked my flip-flops off and I ran to my apartment and I called 911. Uh, so anyway, they all got arrested, including my mom. My mom had like fractured ribs or something. I don't know. It was just horrible. So that was just one example of some of the things that we saw when we were kids. And so as much as I'm kind of like in your face type person, don't take crap. I stand up for what I believe in. I also know how to choose my battles. Um, Joe, on the other hand... When he sees red, he sees red. <laughs> he's such a quiet dude. And he stays to himself and he don't bother nobody. But if you push him hard enough, he's going to come unglued. And it doesn't matter if there's one of you or if there's 15. And so when he went to the apartment the other night, you guys, my heart was like, doo -doo 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 -doo. I'm like, oh, instantly going back to my childhood. Like, I'm going to have to call 911. What if they have a gun? And nowadays, with the culture... And the things that are happening, it's like, what could that have turned out to be, right? What could that have looked like? You've got this white dude that goes to this apartment full of black people. Um, they could have made it out like he came over there confronting them, screaming at them. The only witnesses were the people in their apartment. I wasn't out there to see what happened, even though I know Joe would never do that, right? He was cordial about the whole thing. They were the ones that opened the door and turned into wild animals. <laughs> so, um, but Joe's in the military. Joe does have guns. Joe does have a concealed carry permit. Like, how could that situation have turned out? How could it have been spun to make it look like Joe was in the wrong and got got him arrested, right? Like that could have turned out really bad. So um, later that night, Joe went to take Ollie out to go to the bathroom, one of our dogs. And he actually met with the resident of that apartment, the, the one that works here. She was at her vehicle. And they ended up having a cordial conversation. At least that's what Joe said. And she was like, I don't want to lose my job. I work here. And Joe's like, dude, I get it. He's like, I don't want you to get fired. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. But you are responsible for the people that you bring in and out of your apartment. And right now, it's causing a lot of problems. And it's not just for us. Because we've talked to multiple neighbors in our building that are having issues with them being kept up all night long with the blasting music, the trash. I mean, all the things, you guys. So, I don't know. It's... It's the stress of, of those kinds of things. And then, and I know this is going to sound crazy. Maybe somebody can relate to where I'm coming from. I'm just used to privacy. I'm used to having land and property, being out in the country. I'm used to sitting out, drinking my coffee on my front porch, um, strolling through my garden in the morning with my cup of coffee, no bra on, you know, just jammies like that's how we do homesteaders right you throw on your rain boots and your jammies and you head out to to check on the garden and kill the uh tomato worms <laughs> um you can't do that here in the apartment especially because i'm on the first floor and it's kind of funny because i know like we're supposed to as christians especially we're supposed to be loving and you know all the things 
I just want to be left alone. I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to say that without it sounding pissy uh, and maybe a little bitchy. <laughs> but I can't take my dogs out to go to the bathroom without being stopped. I can't sit on my balcony without being stopped. I can't um, clean out my car in the driveway without being stopped. Um, you know, Joe tried to change the brake pads on his car. Some maintenance guy came up and reprimanded him and told him, you can't do that here. You're not allowed to do any maintenance on your vehicles in the parking lot. And Joe's like, where am I supposed to do it at then? Like, I pay rent. I live here. Like, I don't have a garage in this apartment. I don't have a property. Like, where am I supposed to change my brake pads at? I mean, can I not even change my windshield wipers? I mean, this is ridiculous. So we ended up having to go to one of our friend's properties a couple months ago so that Joe could park his car out there and work on his car. We can't even work simple things. I'm not talking about tearing the engine apart, having the car up on blocks, having it be an eyesore. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about simple maintenance things like changing your windshield wipers, changing the brake pads, okay? However, after Joe was reprimanded, tell me why. I don't even know how many times we're out walking the dogs or whatever or driving through the complex and there's people with their entire hoods up, stuff all over the ground, working on their vehicles right next to the management office. That's the kind of stuff that gets under Tina's nerves. Like I am all about if the rules are going to apply to me, they have to apply for everybody, period. So mm -hmm, it's making me itch a little bit. I, I got to go. We got to go. So we are currently at like, I don't even know, 83 days, 84 days, something like that. Um, and we're just waiting on Joe's orders to be cut so that we can book our ferry tickets. Um, the Alaska Marine Highway System, the fall, no, not the fall, the winter schedule comes out sometime in July, they said. I called them a couple weeks ago. So that that winter schedule is still not out and we're waiting for that because where we are going in Alaska, there's only two sailings a month that will take us there from Washington State. So we're trying to get on one of those sailings in October. Hopefully the first one, right? Like I'm sure they probably do one the first half of October and then another sailing the last half of October. Uh, and we're hoping to get on that first sailing. So as soon as that winter ferry schedule comes out, we want to be able to get our ferry tickets booked so that we're, you know, locked in and good to go. And then I've got to get the puppies to the vet because we have to get health certificates in order to board them on the ferry. They have to have health certificates that are dated within 30 days of sailing. And just some other things like uh, things that I can't do yet because it's still too soon. I need to, I need to wait until we're like a month out from leaving for Alaska. I still need to set up our post office box in the town that we're gonna be living in. We do not get mail delivered out to our property because we're like way out in the boonies. So I need to get the post office box set up and then we also have to finish our solar setup at the property. We've already purchased our package. Um, they've already gone out to the property marked where the solar panel pole is gonna go, all the things, but we've asked them to wait until September to actually install everything because the property is vacant. I don't want $40,000 of solar equipment sitting at our cabin unattended because you get thieves and druggies. And even though we're pushed way out there, I don't need someone to stumble across that uh, <clears throat> gold mine, excuse me, 
and just have a heyday and take all of our stuff that we just spent a ton of money on. So the solar company has everything, they're ready to go. Um, they're storing the equipment that we've purchased and come September, they're gonna be heading out there to get that set up for us. And um, yeah, I need to get the propane company to fill up our propane tank out there. We do have a propane tank. We're gonna be having a uh, secondary heater just to go with our wood burning stove, just so that we're not 100% dependent on wood um, for those cold, cold winters, but just things like that. And I just sent off Parker's annual homeschool testing to the Virginia School Board here, giving them the results of his testing and also informing them that this coming school season, we will no longer be in Virginia. So I told them like, what do you need from me? Because normally they have you fill out a form, a notice of intent. Like, what, do you, what are your intentions for the next school year? Well, none your business, cause I ain't gonna be here no more. So basically that's what I told them. Um, but that was kind of a good feeling because Virginia, you know, they're easy-ish on their homeschool laws, but I still think that they're a little bit more hands-on than they have a right to be. So, um, especially considering it's my child. So it did feel good to say, hey, peace out. We won't be here next year uh, and just kind of be done with that. Because I've shared with you guys that the Alaska homeschool laws are very, very relaxed. And that's something that I'm looking forward to. Basically, if it's your child, you have a right to educate them. They don't require notice of intent. They don't require annual testing. They just don't micromanage how you educate your child. Uh, and I really, I really like that. I think that's the way that it should be. So in other news, if you guys are watching the channel, we got a new puppy. Mm-hmm. You guys know when we first moved into the apartment, we lost our striker boy, our Dalmatian. Um, he was about 11 years old, 10 or 11. So we do still have Ollie, which is our boxer pit mix that we rescued from the animal shelter about seven years ago. Um, but he was definitely lonely without Stryker once he passed. So we got a new puppy. We got a Belgian Malinois, which you guys probably know them as the police dogs. And um, that's been really fun. He's about four months old. His name is Gunner and he's super smart and so far has just been an awesome addition to our family. We were looking for a really good hardy breed that would do well in Alaska. And uh, so yeah, the Belgian Malinois is what we chose. So he's been super sweet. And week after next, we are heading to North Carolina for Joe's vasectomy reversal. Mm. Yes, you guys. I don't know why, but all of a sudden, as we're getting closer to this appointment to reverse his vasectomy and to try to have one more baby, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm getting cold feet. Like, I'm not changing my mind at all. Like, I want this, but I am getting nervous. All the thoughts are kind of flooding my mind all of a sudden. Like, are we making the right decision? What if we do the reversal and uh, we can never get pregnant and it doesn't work? But then you always have that fear because it has been reversed. Could there be an accident? Like, I don't want to try to have a baby when I'm 55 years old. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, just all these thoughts, all these thoughts are going through my mind. And it's like, how long is it going to take us to get pregnant? Is the timing going to be right? I mean, the good thing is, uh, you know, even if we got pregnant on the first cycle after his reversal, I wouldn't have the baby until next summer. So it would be our first summer in Alaska, which I think would be really exciting and fun. So it's not like I would have to worry about the move to Alaska, the traveling. 
unpacking, settling in, because I could potentially be pregnant through that, um, but the baby wouldn't be here until next summer at the earliest. But it's just, maybe because it's finally here, the procedure is just like a week and a half away uh, that I'm getting a little bit nervous. Joe, he's all ready for it. Like they have this, um, I don't know if it's antibacterial. They have a special soap that he's supposed to use a couple days or a week or so before his procedure. And he's already been using that. He went to Walgreens and picked it up. It's it's not a prescription soap, but it's just uh, one that's, I guess it's antibacterial. I don't know. But he's just kind of ready. And I'm feeling like, I don't know, I'm a little nervous, but maybe that's normal. All the thoughts, um, got a lot of comments on my YouTube video that I shared with you guys about our decision to have another baby and mainly positive, definitely some negative comments. Of course, you're 40, what are you doing? Um, somebody said something the other day. They commented and said, is he going to pay for another baby? And I said, is who gonna pay for another baby? And they came back and said, the Lord. And I guess maybe because my video, I always go online with the fact that if it's in the Lord's will, then it's going to happen. And if the Lord allows it to happen, then he's going to make a way for us. Like if he doesn't want us to have another baby in our family, then it, it won't happen. But if it's in the Lord's will for it to happen, then it will happen. And I'm going to be okay with that. So they said, the Lord, is the Lord going to pay for another baby? And I'm like, you guys, I'm just sitting there looking at this comment. I get some of the stupidest comments and I'm like, my answer to her was, and this is what I said to her, I said, the Lord always provides for his children, period. Like, period. I'm not, I, I know what you're getting at. Like, I'm not gonna get into that with you. It's none of your business. Don't come in here with the negativity. The Lord always provides for his children. And Joe and I have been in some hard situations and God has always made a way for us. So why would now be any different, right? So anyway, it's um, lots of stuff going on, you guys, lots of stuff, but it's very exciting. I cannot wait to get to Alaska. Can I just tell you guys, when I think about it, I get emotional. Like the thought that Joe's gonna be retired and finally have the time that he wants to do the things he wants to spend with Parker and me. Um, I can't wait to see that, not just for me, but for him. Like he so deserves this to you know, mill his own lumber, go hunting. Like he can do anything he wants to do now and he's not on anybody's time schedule but his own. And I just think that that is so exciting and it's so well-deserved. Um, I can't wait to see the cabin again. It's been a year since we were there. We went up last July, 2021 for the home inspection. It was the one and only time that we saw our forever homestead. And uh, everything else has just been pictures and videos from friends or contractors up there that have done some things on the property for us. And I'm just really excited. I can't wait. July is gonna fly by with Joe's procedure in a couple weeks. We've got appointments, like I told you guys, dental appointments, all the things to try and get ready to leave for Alaska. So July is going to be gone before you know it. And then August and September, and that's it. And that's going to be loaded with packing and stuff. So I'm like, bring it on. I'm ready. <laughs> so anyway, you guys, I just wanted to hop on today to chat with you. Um, say hey, give you an update on where we are with everything, kind of my thoughts on stuff. I hope you all had a blessed and safe 4th of July I definitely got emotional when we stood out front and watched the fireworks. I always do. I I get goosebumps from head to toe, and I almost um, 
I almost want to start crying. It's almost like I feel when I'm worshiping at church and church and I'm singing to the Lord. Like it, I'm just overcome with emotion. And I literally, especially from doing the Constitution course with Parker this year in homeschool, thinking of our founding fathers, the people, what they did, what they went through. Oh my goodness. And to have the freedoms that we have today. And then you have these liberal idiots out there that are burning our American flag that are setting up events to not celebrate the 4th of July, right? Independence Day. And I'm just like, I wish I could just look them in the face and tell them, if you don't like it, get out. Get out. You hate this country so much. You think you have it so bad. You don't have a clue. Go to some of these other countries and then tell me how much you hate America. It's sickening to me and it's treason and the people that are burning our flags and doing these things should be thrown in prison. It's horrible. I saw those fireworks, you guys, and I just, my eyes kind of welled up with tears. I got emotional and I just prayed and talked to the Lord the whole time we were watching them and I just thanked him. Thank you for this country. Thank you for the sacrifice. The men, the women, the families, the people that have sacrificed everything so that we can have the comfort that we have today, I'm so grateful for it. And I cannot stand the people that take it for granted. It really, really upsets me. <laughs> anyway, I'll get off that soapbox. I hope you guys enjoyed your 4th of July. Stay blessed, my friends, and I will see you guys very soon on the next podcast show.